Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. If you're listening for the first time, this is the radio show where we tell it exactly the way it is. We're doing everything we can every week to try and assist entrepreneurs, bring you the latest information and advice on how you can improve your business. We're also proud of the fact that we're the number one radio show globally for entrepreneurs in the world and on the Voice and the Voice America Radio Networks renewed my contract for another 12 months. So you get another 52 shows. Thanks to you, our great listening audience. My new website went live a couple of days ago, so I invite you to go to bobpritchard.com and check it out. I'm very interested in your comments, so please drop me an email at bob at bobpritchard.com. Let me know what you think. Let's start off by looking at some of the week's news. Firstly... G2 Crowd released rankings of 13 social media management products this week. These ratings were generated from user reviews. It incorporated 44 questions, including functions and functionality, features and functionality. And uh, Hootsuite and TweetDeck received the highest customer satisfaction ratings. Probably not surprising. Why Sprout Social, Agora Pulse and Sendable also did pretty well. Social media management products are now becoming extremely important. A few months ago, we were talking about the huge amounts of money that would be taken away from the advertising budgets at the television networks and moved across to social media. Well, this week, it was announced that Instagram nabbed an advertising commitment of $100 million from Omnicom. And in addition, Omnicon will work with Instagram to develop its targeting and measurement capabilities. According to AdAge, Instagram's also exploring a major deal with a unit of Publicis Group. So a lot of money moving across out of traditional media. Another piece of news this week reinforces the damage that online competitors are doing to established bricks and mortar businesses. Staples just announced that it will close 225 stores across North America, which is about 12% of their stores. It's a, it's a bid to cut costs amongst very strong online competition. The company which recorded reported a drop in sales in the fourth quarter of 2013 and forecast lower sales results in the first quarter of 2014 It'll save $500 million by closing those stores. This comes in the same week that Radio Shack announced it will close 1,100 stores in the US, approximately 20% of its locations, after sales were down 20% in the fourth quarter of 2013. So not good news for retailers. Last week, we also talked about the fact that Samsung probably has a six-month window to catch up a lot of ground before Apple releases its new iPhone. 
and, Am- and with Samsung outspending Apple 14 to 1 in advertising and the tremendous exposure that they received from Alan on the Academy Awards, particularly that great selfie, Samsung seems to be everywhere. They spent $20 million on the Academy Awards. I'm starting to meet quite a number of people who have switched or are at least talking about switching across to the larger and pretty cool product that Samsung has been convincing celebrities to use. I must admit, it's a um, good-looking phone, and I love that big screen. My final piece of news this week is the technological breakthrough that Oscar Mayer has created. They've created a wake-up call and smell-the-bacon device. When this gadget is plugged into the headphone jack of an iPhone, it emits the sound, the sizzle, and the smell of sizzling bacon. So every morning when your alarm goes off, the first thing you smell is bacon. I'm not sure that I'll line up to get one of those, but if they come up with one for coffee, I could well be in. During the week, I also went to a presentation at Metal by 14-year-old whiz kid Thomas Suarez. He was fantastic. You might remember him. Um, at 12, just two years ago, he gave an amazing TED Talk And at that time, he was an app-developing entrepreneurial sixth grader. Sixth grade. Uh, Thomas has been fascinated by computers and technology since kindergarten. He established his own company, Carrot Corp, made iOS apps that are currently in the app store. and He's also a MakerBot operator. He gave a great presentation, and he's on a mission to get programming taught to all high schoolers. I think this is really important. He gave us some fascinating figures. In China, the number of high schoolers that can program is 100%. Every kid at high school can program. In America, the number of kids at high school that can program is 5%. China, a hundred, America five. Where's the future? Mm-mm. You've got it. He's on a great campaign. Good luck, Thomas. Great presentation. Really appreciate it. Now, there's no use having a great product with fantastic potential and having capital and drive and passion and all that stuff if you don't get the fundamentals right. In my experience of talking, you know, pretty extensively with entrepreneurs and SMEs. Astoundingly, one thing constantly comes to the surface. The vast majority of individuals responsible for driving sales and marketing of a business do not know, or probably even worse, they don't give us stuff, what it costs them to acquire a client, or they also don't know the return per client. So... I don't get it. The consequences and and benefits of gaining this knowledge, apart from the massive exponential impact it can have on your profitability, are the limited amount of time and effort it takes to get the information. By using pretty simple and easy to implement tracking methods, you know, measuring 
advertising spend compared to revenue generated, a whole new world opens up. A simple snapshot of the efficiency and return on investment of a company's investment in marketing advertising seems to me to be an absolutely critical tool when making decisions to maximise return from either the cost to require a new customer or what that customer subsequently returns to the business. I mean, they're simple basics. Many decisions made by entrepreneurs and even experienced marketers are based on seat-of-the-pants judgments or the promises of an overzealous media salesperson that promises that all sorts of stuff. Knowledge of what it costs to acquire a customer and the return per customer can show whether the spend on one particular media vehicle compared to another one is viable. The percentage return on investment The most important is how effective the organisation's ads really are. One school of thought, and it happens to be mine, maintains that every spend should put money in the coffers. In today's highly competitive world, where every single solitary dollar should be working for you, anything less gives the competitor an advantage. It's often far too easy just to attempt to buy business when there are numerous methods of generating inquiries and sales which take little more ingenuity or research, the same degree of input, yet produce a far greater return on investment. Placing an advertisement is often not much more than a lazy, ineffectual way to try and obtain results. I often ask, often say to marketing managers, um, if we took away all your budget and gave you zero, how well would you do? Some of them are horrified, some of them are astounded, some think it's a stupid question, some are curious, but the ones that I want to work with are the ones who aren't phased, those who could do things with a zero budget. With contra arrangements and strategic alliances and write your press releases yourself and run your own PR and run competitions and licensing deals, doing contras with trade shows and extra exhibitions, um, referral programs. There's a million ways you can do it without spending any money. So for the street smart person, The list is almost endless. Now that is a good marketer. Any idiot can spend money. Anybody. It's a lot more difficult to make every penny really count. Of course, the real marketer would want to thoroughly examine the company's objectives, but before determining what budget they need or how they should allocate those resources. But so many marketing managers just want to have a, an incremental increase on whatever last year's budget was without looking at what really needed to get the result that the board of directors or whoever it is requires. There are so many opportunities out there that either cost you nothing, particularly these days with social media and digital media. There are so many opportunities that are either free or inexpensive. The list's almost endless, and yet people continue 
simply do what they've been doing forever and get the same, usually pretty lousy, results. Doing the same thing over and over and over with the same results. And as most of us are aware, this is one of the definitions of insanity. And a hell of a lot of marketing directors qualify. In successful companies, a high proportion of businesses repeat or referred. You know, in many cases, in excess of 80%. And that's a proven example of the power of relationship sales. In fact, many people have told me that their business was founded and continues to run based on their relationships with their customers or client and that their advertising spend is only generating a very small percentage of their business. A recent Harvard Business School study says that unless at least 80% of your business is repeat or word of mouth, your business is likely to fail. So how much do most companies spend on their existing customers? What should be the source of 80% of their business? Tragically, the answer usually is nothing. People have a big advertising budget, which is intended to attract new customers primarily, and yet their budget for spending on retaining customers which should generate 80% of their revenue, is zero. So they continually spend on advertising, fishing for new customers in exactly the same places usually as their competitors fish for for customers. So you get an ad for Fred, then you get an ad for Bill. They cancel each other out unless somebody has really differentiated themselves very well. And think about this. Depending on the industry or business, the conversion rate of potential new customers from advertising is unbelievably low compared to a potential client who calls and says, Fred suggested I call you because he's been with you for ages and he loves what you guys do. The conversion rate on this sort of business is extremely high. In fact, it's very high. And it doesn't involve your competitors or their alternative quotes. Therefore, that protects your margins and your return on investment. How easy is that? By knowing your cost to acquire customers according to every campaign that you do and the channel and the timing and all of those things and comparing it to your average order value, one, very, one thing obviously stands out something that should become a doctrine within every business or company that's buying new customers. It's a very expensive and labour-intensive exercise, particularly when there are easier, better and more cost-effective methods to use. Methods that produce infinitely better returns as measured in terms of both cost and time. This reallocation of funds into client maintenance, which incidentally, reduces your overall marketing cost, then allows for investment in media that requires long-term exposure and repetition to be effective to build a story, to educate your clients and build brand equity instead of just instantaneous trying to grab a client. You know, T 
too often I hear people say, we advertised on such and such a program or we put an ad in such and such a paper and we received absolutely no results. That is hardly surprising. There's an old phrase that um, it was apt 20 years ago, it was apt 10 years ago, and it's still apt today. You have to use tomorrow's tools to get tomorrow's business. And the caveat of that's got to be, and if you don't, you'll continue to get yesterday's results. God forbid that your competitors beat you to it. We have to reel it with all the tools available and all the analytics available today. There is no excuse for not understanding your cost of attaining a customer and the value of that customer over time. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. The whole reason we're here is to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, it doesn't matter what it is, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or I will email you directly with whatever help I can be. We're the number one show in the world for entrepreneurs, so no matter where you are on the planet, we thank you for listening. After the break, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, the Robert Graham clothing range. Their clothes are beautifully made, they're unique, they're bold, they're spectacular, and the attention to detail is just exceptional. As a Robert Graham collector and devotee, I always wear Robert Graham shirts, and everywhere I go, people comment on my shirt. You can wear everything else you wear can be really crappy, but if you've got a Robert Graham shirt on, the rest doesn't matter. And after the break, I'm pleased to be able to speak to Robert Stock. He's the founder, co-chairman, and chief creative officer of the Robert Graham Empire. He is fantastic. A great guy, easy to talk to, very unassuming, and unbelievably successful. You know, I often talk on this show about the importance of knock-your-socks-off customer service, and Robert Stock epitomizes how business should treat their customers. Their customer service is impeccable and well beyond the call. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business, and I'll be back with Robert in just a moment. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. 
Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the segment of the show where we interview successful entrepreneurs. You know, people who are interesting and people who are doing things and that have something to share with other entrepreneurs that can help us all become more successful. I've always tried to be a bit edgy in my appearance, and about four years ago, I was introduced to Robert Graham's shirts, and I've been collecting them ever since. In fact, I've not bought a shirt apart from a Robert Graham shirt for years. I love the quality of the shirts. They've got fabulous attention to detail and linings, and that's what, of course, attracts people. But... Being the egocentric that I am, I've got to confess that I'm known everywhere I go for my shirts. People can never remember my name, but they say, you're the guy with the great shirts. Now, it's pretty remarkable when you think that, you know, I go to some pretty cool events and I meet some pretty cool people. But it's important because one of the essential things about business, and particularly somebody like myself who's a, an individual, you know, don't have a brand apart from me, you've got to differentiate yourself. And for me... Shirts, Robert Graham shirts have been one way that I've been able to do it. I urge you to go onto the website, robertgraham.com, and have a look. It is very cool. Now, part of the copy on their site, I love their site. It is a great site. But part of the copy on the site says, if you're a protector of the status quo, an enforcer of the average, a trustee of the ho-hum, a serial copycat or you think inside the box, this is not for you. You've made normal just a little too normal. You've commoditized and measured everything. You popularized the afternoon nap. You raised the bar for boring, and you play the follower. Your time has come. You're being replaced. Run out of town. So, vamoose. Out with the old, and in with the bold. Make way for the risk takers, the laughers out loud, the mavericks and artisans, the kings and the kingslayers. These are the ones for us. Superheroes crusading against the brand forces of bland. We're a brand that stands for the American eclectic. Robert Graham. How cool is that copy? It really says it all. And when you look at the product, you'll understand exactly what they're saying. It epitomizes what Robert Graham's all about. It's unique, it's bold, and it's spectacular. Now, as a Robert Graham collector and devotee, I'm very pleased to welcome Robert Stock, the founder, co-chairman and chief creative officer of the Robert Graham Empire, to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Hi, Robert. Hi, Bob. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm sitting here in my Robert Graham shirt, and I'm looking really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the great introduction. Just one thing. Yeah. It's robertgram.us, not robertgram.com. If oh. anybody wants, it's just been looking at the website. Okay, sorry, robertgram.us. Yeah. Uh, 
the first thing that comes to mind when I look at your great designs, not only for shirts but a whole range of apparel, um, including some great jackets, particularly the linings. What I love about the jackets is the linings, is that to me, it's sort of a fashion version of Andy Warhol, who I also love, incidentally. Is that a comment that you regard as a compliment or... Oh, absolutely. So many people say that it's wearable art, and uh, Andy Warhol, actually, I've been a great fan of ever since he started working at Harper's Bazaar as an illustrator. Uh, one of the quotes I always use is, a, is an Oscar Wilde quote, and it's, I take it very dear to heart. One should either be a work of art or wear one. And, yeah. um, you know, we sort of go by that mantra. And we know that most people are certainly not a work of art, so <laughs> so they should be wearing them. Um, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> in your younger days, you were a sophisticated Savile Row kind of a guy with people like, friends like Ralph Lauren. In fact, you launched Ralph Lauren's Chaps Collection together. Then you won awards with Country Roads by Robert Stack. They were all trendy, but they were not. Wow. What happened? Did you suddenly wake up at 2 o'clock one morning, grab the pen and pad next to the bed and write, forget trendy, from now on, I am edgy. You know, it's kind of interesting because (laughs) some people think I dream in Paisley. Yeah, I think. (laughs) Uh, I've always loved color. I've always loved exotic fabric. Even when I was wearing Savile Row, I always put a little edge to it. Uh, but, But interesting enough, uh, the company has moved into many, many different directions, whereas, you know, we do make, of course, a limited edition shirts, which I'm sure you love. Yep. And we do make a lot of fancy prints and a lot of fancy yarn dyes, which everything pretty much is designed in-house. We're trying to move the company in the direction where a lot more people can wear Robert Graham. So what we're doing also now is we're taking a lot of the more fancy designs and we're putting them on the inside of the shirt and we're making them a little bit more subtle. So it's almost like if you don't, you know, you don't notice it right away. You have to come up a little closer and look at it. It's there, and we're finding that we're getting a lot of acceptance to a lot of different people across the whole spectrum of the country right now in wearing the product. Yeah, it's all, it's all the trims. It's the little um, um, details on the on the uh, cuffs and the and around the collars and you know the the, the linings and it's just those right. little things that. Make, give that shirt, give the shirts just that level of sophistication and class that you don't get with most, um, with most shirts. Don't stop making the really cool ones though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Don't do that's that. such a, no, no, that's, <laughs> that's such an important, that's such an important part of, of our business. We call, we call them the little golden nuggets that uh, we actually have on the shirts. And sometimes I refer to it like a Where's Waldo. People always come up to me and they say, Oh my God, you know, I bought the shirt and I looked at it, I wore it. And then after I wore it two or three times, I discovered something else on it. And you know, it's not only with the shirts, we're a full rounded collection yeah. right now, whether it's jackets, pants, sweaters, um, jeans, socks, uh, belts, ties, even shoes now. Uh, it's a whole different business than it was when we first started 13 years ago. Right. Um, yeah, just even, I, I noticed, I was look, I was wearing a shirt yesterday to a luncheon, and uh, 
for the first time, and I've worn this shirt a dozen times, and I um, I noticed the buttons. You know why I didn't look, notice the buttons before, but just the buttons, all of a sudden, you think, geez, they're so different. Right, right. Well, we pay, we pay a lot of attention to the buttons, even to the point that sometimes we overpay too much attention to them, and sometimes they uh, fall off and we get some complaints about them, because we do do, and we do use, in many instances, very exotic buttons out of exotic materials, and, uh, you know, we feel that if the shirt is kind of simple, uh, we like to put an extraordinary beautiful button on it, even if it's on the cuffs. I mean, there's always a surprise. It's, it's always a treasure hunt, and uh, that's what we love about all the products we do. Okay, Robert Graham, the brand. The Robert part, because I'm really bright, I've got figured out. That's you. Where did, that's the, Graham, you. <laughs> where did, the, where did the Graham part come from? Uh, actually, he was an original partner that started the company up with me, and he left after the first 18 months. So there was a Robert, that's me, and there was a Graham. Okay, so you you kept the brand. Obviously, you were strong enough at that time. You didn't think you'd wanted to change the brand. No, the brand was was going along really fine, and uh, yep. it, it was great. When you got a good brand, don't mess with it. Now, absolutely. This um this show is is geared to entrepreneurs, and what we try to do is help um, help them avoid the many pitfalls that confront. Them. when they when they when you begin a bit a business there's so many challenges in some so many different areas and particularly when an entrepreneur's got something that's a little bit unorthodox um, like you for example when you began Robert Graham you had a spectacular but a very unorthodox product what were the biggest challenges you faced in those early days and how did you overcome them well, one of the biggest challenges was getting the product made because it was so different than anything else in the marketplace at the time. Mm. But like selling a house, uh, all you need is really one buyer or one person to really believe in you. And I was very fortunate to have uh, people that I actually had worked with previously in, uh, in India by the name of uh, Texport Garments. Uh, and the head of the company, his name was uh, Naren Goenka, really understood the vision and was willing to go, go for the ride. And uh, he's been our partner ever since uh, the beginning of the company. So when you... So, yeah, I'm sorry. Now, go on. Well, it, you know, it, it, it's also about, you know, tenacity, believing in what, you, in what you're doing and believing in your products. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really the bottom line. I mean, you know, you know if, if you believe in what you're doing, if you believe in your product, you just got to keep on pushing the pavement and keep on getting in front of people. And sooner or later, if it's the right thing, you know, it will click. There's always somebody out there. Like I said, you know, there's always a buyer for a house. Yeah, always a buy for a house, but you you know you only need to sell one house to make a lot of money. You got to sell a hell of a lot of shirts to make a lot of money. So that's for sure. That's for sure. Did you have trouble getting distribution in those early days? What's the secret to cracking that distribution? Well, very very fortunately, uh, Neil Cousins joined us at the six month mark. He's uh, he's the president and one of our partners, also early early in the game. And uh, when we opened up the collection. Uh, at the first, the first time we opened it up at a, a designers collective, which is a trade show in New York, uh, the show opened up at a quarter to ten. We had a small ten by ten booth. Uh, all of a sudden, two women popped up wearing sunglasses, and they said, "Can we uh, look at the collection?" And after they were finished looking at it, we had no idea who they were. Uh, they bought every item in the collection, which I believe at that time was 44 pieces, and uh, they handed us their cards, and it was one of the best specialty stores in the country, and still is, and it's out in California and L.A. called Fred Siegel. Wow. and uh, Fred Siegel. You know, and that basically, you know, that was really, you know, the, the initial starting point of the rocket ship. 
taking off and then all you know the better the Neemans fell into place and all the other better stores so you know for us we were so different in the beginning that you know everybody it, we, we really drew the attention to the whole uh, retail industry and we were yeah. able to really capture a lot of business but I, because I guess now not so much because you've got a very wide variety of products and a lot of them are the more traditional uh, the colors are always spectacular but they're the more traditional polos and things like that but in the early days um i guess a lot of retailers would have been fairly hesitant to take on something that was quite as powerful and as edgy as as robert graham shirts well, you know, the market was kind of really open to it, and I think one of the reasons for our successful launch was there was really nothing like it around in the industry. So they were a little bit more open to it than they normally would be. Uh, today it's a little bit more difficult, but I would say then what we were doing, nobody else was doing, and uh, they were willing to test it. And once you land a store like Fred Siegel and you use that, you know, you know, as a, as sure. a you know a selling point, uh, everybody said, "Oh, you're selling Fred Siegel." You know, we got to try it also. So it, it wasn't that difficult to get the stores to buy it uh, initially, and uh, once they got it, they did so well with it at retail that it just it kept on getting bigger and bigger. And uh, you know, thank God, you know, today it's it's where it is. So for for an entrepreneur out there that's got a new product that's a little different. Um, What's more important, getting into the trade shows and being seen like that or going and pounding the pavement and knocking on door after door after door or both? Uh, there's, there's so many different vehicles and avenues for people to introduce product today, whether it's the Internet, whether it's trade shows, pounding on doors. Uh, uh, you just got to find your niche, and I think if you have your niche and you're a little bit different and you, you have a good story, I think there's tremendous opportunity in any field today. It's it's all about perseverance, and and you know, I think my claim to fame was, uh, or is, is that you know I'm always looking for these little niches even today, as you know, as I work every day to be a little bit different, not too far out there, but to be different enough that you know people come in and they say, well, we haven't seen this before, this is exciting, you know, I think I'm going to try. Right. Now, just getting away from Robert Graham for a second, and let's talk about Robert Stock's clothing line. Um, right. You're known for silk, and silk's traditionally been a women's um, for women's clothing. But when you introduce silk into men's clothing, you're almost immediately extremely successful. Men took to your shirts and the boxes and other clothes like fish to water. In the 90s, men weren't anywhere near as metrosexual as they are now. What made you think that, ah... Oh, Guys, we'll sit and watch football today and they'll go out and buy silk tomorrow. How did you make that leap? Uh, that was that was, a, that was a great run, actually. Um, well, my philosophy and my whole thought process behind the silk business was, and you're right, silk always had a tendency to be a little bit more feminine. But I actually was using sandwash silk, which made it softer, made it more masculine, and made it more appealing. And but the, the whole thing with silk, it has a great history. And when you sandwash it, it has a, a great feel to it. So it's not that slinky silk that men would normally think is on the feminine side. So by doing that and doing the type of prints that I was doing at the time and the types of different yarn dyes and the body styles, it really it really took off. It was it was a pretty amazing uh, scenario. So how do you how do you um, delineate between um, Robert Graham and Robert Stock? 
Uh, well, that, that that that's easy. Uh, I'm Robert Stock, the person. Robert Graham's the brand. You know, and, and the thing is, and Robert Graham is not only is not really about only Robert Stock. I mean, Robert Graham is about the clothes. It's interesting. Uh, I heard a quote about two weeks ago that Glenn Fry, uh, not a quote, actually, he was interviewed from the Eagles, and somebody said, well, you know, what is it with the Eagles, you know, that that's so exciting, and uh, and why are people so attached to them, and why after, you know, 30 years, 40 years, people are still, you know, uh, enamored with the Eagles, and, and he said, well, it, it's not really the Eagles, and it's not Glenn Fry, it's all about the music, and Robert Graham is all about the clothes, and uh that's what you know. That's that's what the company's about, and, and you know, it's not only me. There are a lot of people that make the wheel of this company turn. With all due respect, <laughs> no matter what Fry says, Fry is about the Eagles. It's about the music, <laughs> but you take you take Fry out of that music, and I think the music would be different. However, um, now you've got literally thousands of fantastic and and really unique and unusual designs. Are, are they all the work of of you? doodling on a napkin at lunch or have you got an army of you know slightly weird designers sitting around trying to outdo each other oh well, i have great i have great <laughs> i have great designers and actually some of my designers have been with me over 20 years uh through robert stock into robert graham I have, uh designers that have been with me for 10 years i have great merchandisers i have a great team here uh we actually have people that just design cuffs people that design embroideries people that actually design the body of the shirts people that design prints all the fabrics are designed in-house, so we have a great team uh, here that puts together the entire collection. Right. How, are, they, are they all young? Oh, but some of them are uh, so, so, can't so, be that young. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, well, there, some of them are in their 20s, some are in their 30s, some in their 40s, and some in their 60s, actually. Right. So all people we're, like you we, and I. We, we, yeah, we have it across <laughs> the board. Yeah. Yeah, we have the veterans here. Yeah, because it's, it's really interesting. When you look at, when you first look at a shirt, you think, gee, that doesn't, you know, you, you traditionally wouldn't think that cuff goes with that shirt or that button goes with this shirt. But I know, it's amazing. Isn't it? It's like a bouillabaisse. Uh, when we put it together, it tastes good. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I, some, I, I sometimes look at it myself, but that i, I got to tip my hat off to my designers. They're terrific. They're eclectic. Uh, they've been with me a long time. Uh, they know that, you know, they know what I like, how I like to mix things together. If you've been to any of our stores, uh, we just I opened up one on Bleecker Street, one in Bleecker Street in New York, you know, out in California, we have the one in Venice Beach, Venice, which yeah. is phenomenal. You know, it's an eclectic mix of style and color, and uh, that's the same approach we take with the clothes. And like you said, when you know, another thing is uh, very often when people don't actually pull out the shirt, the jacket, the pant, look at the inside, look at the interior, uh, just from the outside, sometimes you only see the pattern. But once you know you open it up, you really get the whole feeling of what the company's about. Do you approve every every item that gets um, gets released? Uh, yeah, pretty much every item. I mean, I have people now approving some of the uh, license categories. Uh, I can't touch everything that we do, but sure. a great portion of the regular collection I definitely approve. And I also, you know, I'm in there on every meeting, whether it starts with color, whether it starts with the theme for the particular season. Uh, and I, I, I try to watch everything, and I try to bring the key items of the season into the season. So, yeah, I'm pretty much involved in, in, in all of that. Do you ever have a, an instance where a designer brings you um, a new shirt and you say, what the hell were you thinking? Does that ever happen? 
sometimes on the details, like my, the designer, the designs, my limited editions gets a little crazy with the, the cuff treatments, uh, not the interior of the cuffs, but sometimes the closures on the cuff. And I, I'll say to him, like, this is a phenomenal shirt. You can't button the cuff because the buttons are too big for the buttonholes. And, you know, things like that drive me a little crazy. Or he'll put like a double collar on the shirt and possibly kill the sale of retail at the shirt. You know, some of this yeah. business, it's not, it's not only romance. It's, you know, it's finance also. And I look at it from both angles. I've got glad you brought glad you said that because having a great product doesn't matter what the product is it's only part of the puzzle and actually it's only a fairly small part of the puzzle because you have to manufacture the product you've got organized distribution you've got all the financial aspects to look after you've got all the staff management issues now you're obviously a very creative guy are you obviously naturally a really good businessman that got a handle on all of the other aspect of the business or do you just hire people who are terrific at each of those well I have, I have I have great partners in manufacturing I have a great CEO I have a great president in sales I have great merchandise managers uh, great finance people I have CPAs working at the sure, company absolutely. no it's not it, it's absolutely not my forte my forte is design and opportunity for the company and making sure that I, I watch over all the products going back a few years though before you could afford to, to have this army of people working around you um, and in the early days when there was you and presumably just a couple of other people. Um, how did you handle it then? Did you were you well, hands on? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, primarily in, in design, my partner, one of the partners we had out of India, was really operations. Uh, 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 Neil Cousins, uh took care of all of our sales. So I was always primarily in the design area. Uh, people always say I can only add, I can't subtract. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so they, I, I kept, they kept me pretty far away from the finances. <laughs> um, who wears Robert Graham's shirts or clothes? Uh, oh, Is there a typical oh, customer? Uh, we have people of uh, all different walks of life, from uh, artists to doctors to athletes to clergy to uh, musicians. You name it; it's 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 across the board. Scientists. Uh, one of the main son, friend of mine, uh, dear friend of mine, uh, family is involved with Genetech. Everybody knows Genetech, yep, and he, yep. he's sitting in the boardroom with one of the head scientists from Genetech, and he says to him, "You know." That shirt looks really familiar. So the guy says, "Yeah." He goes, "That's a Robert Graham." And my uh, my dear friend said, "Oh my God, you know, that's my dear friend uh, Robert's company." And, and the man immediately said, "Well, you know, I love his shirts. That's the only shirts I wear." And you know, we have it's amazing. Uh, it's it's across the board. It, it's it's at every level. And and our customers, and which we call collectors, by the way, yeah. similar to the masters who calls. They're uh, fans, patrons. Right. Everybody's everybody's a collector, whether you have one or you have a thousand, uh, are so important to us. I mean, you know, they're the the heart and soul of of what Robert Graham is about. I always preach and have for twenty years that the only person that counts in any business is the customer. The only person that can fire the CEO is the customer by simply not buying off you anymore. So, if you don't buy. If they don't buy your product, you don't have a business. Now, your customer service is fantastic, and you personally get involved. Now, where did that personal dedication to the customer come from? You know, have you always had it? You've always had this belief that the customer, because too many, too many people in business don't have that attitude. 
Well, as far as I'm concerned, you got to hug all your customers, and that's a book that uh, uh, Jack Mitchell wrote at Mitchell's in Westport. I mean, the customer is the bottom line, you know, and you, and in every aspect of the business, you got to listen to what they have to say. They're so interesting. We have so many different customers from so many different uh, lifestyles all, all around the world, and uh, to me, uh, you know, the most important thing is to speak to them and meet them. That's why I do so many personal appearances and listen to them and listen to what they have to say and, and, and really uh, enjoy being with them. I find that our customers are extremely, extremely interesting. Now, you've got, you've got a collector's. collectors. Yeah, you've yeah. got a collector's club. And for people who have 100 Robert Graham shirts, they get a shirt named after them. That's a great right. idea. How many people, though, have 100 Robert Graham shirts? Well, there, there, there are probably thousands out there. Uh, really? a, a lot, a lot of them, uh, you know, don't actually write in or tell us that they have a hundred. You know, they pop up every day of the week. But we're actually starting a whole new loyalty program um, in about three months. Which, you know, if you buy one or if you have three hundred, you know, there's going to be different levels, and we're real excited about that. Uh, so everybody can get on the bandwagon and, and enjoy different options and uh, types of, you know scenarios we're going to be doing for them yeah but i've only got about 20 so i'm feeling fairly insecure at the minute mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice amount <laughs> this time this time last week i was in memphis and i went to the peabody hotel where i went along of course to see the march of the ducks and of course while i was in memphis i made another pilgrimage to graceland um many years ago i took the um, elvis presley museum on tour in australia and had to deal with some of the Presley people. Now, you've got a great story about the Ducks and Priscilla and Lisa Marie. You want to just tell us about it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Hal Lansky uh, is the owner of Lansky's in the Peabody Hotel in Memphis, and uh, I was I was going to do a PA down there, and he said, "Well, let me see if I can make you." You know, get you nominated as the Duck Master, which is an incredible award, uh, award that yeah. has been given to, to presidents. Oprah Winfrey got it, so I said, "Sure, I'll do it." And uh, sure enough, uh, I, I went up to the roof and uh, met the Duck Master, met the ducks. You know, went in the <laughs> elevator, went in the elevator with the ducks, and walked the ducks to the little fountain in the middle of the hotel. To a lot of people clapping, it was a great experience. <laughs> and uh, at the time. Uh, Lansky's uh, was where Elvis uh, bought all his clothes, and uh, Hal's dad uh, serviced Elvis, even when he didn't have any money, and uh, fronted him the clothing. And then later in the years, of course, Elvis, you know, came back and and bought all his uh, merchandise from Lansky's. A lot of people say if Elvis was alive, you know, he would probably love some of the special limited editions that we do. Also, that that's. Um, that store, Lansky's store in the Peabody is just fabulous. I went in there and I was like a, a kid in a candy store. It was just fantastic. I loved it. Um, yeah, he's great. He's great. I mean, uh, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin Shops yeah. there. He buys Robert Graham. I mean, you know, you know it's, it's a great store. Hal's a great person. His daughter Julie is fantastic also. Okay, got a quick question. Have the ducks got names? I mean, is uh, one like Donald and Minnie or any of that sort of stuff? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> you travelled in an elevator, you know, with a whole bunch of floors with these ducks. Didn't you have any conversation? No, I, I was, I was kind of nervous even to say anything. I didn't want them to attack me in the elevator. Yeah. Well, when you walk out there um, last week when I was there, 
the foyer was packed, the balconies were packed. I mean, there was... Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, there hundreds were hundreds and hundreds, and hundreds of people. Of people. Uh, it, it was amazing. I have a video of it. It's it's hysterical, and the, the kids. Every I mean, the kids just love it. Yeah. It's 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 a fantastic thing. It's it's a great tradition to uh, for a wonderful uh, grand old great hotel in Memphis, which has a lot of music history. Yeah, and uh, it was an exciting experience for me. It's a it's a great it's a great marketing idea those ducks and they've been doing it for what eighty years or sixty years or something it's it's quite yeah. incredible yeah um, you know my full name is Robert Graham Pritchard so every piece of your apparel that I have is actually named after me I think that's pretty cool well, well you're the man not me <laughs> I'm it yeah I'm the kid, I'm the guy Robert <laughs> Robert Stock thank you very much for being on the Bob Pritchard radio show on Voice America Business you've set a fantastic example I reckon for any young entrepreneurs dedication um, knowing your product hiring the right people around you and follow follow your dream follow if you've got a bold product follow the bold product and um, you really cross your T's and dot the I's and that's a great lesson for every entrepreneur. Now, if you're interested in looking at the uh, Robert Graham website, it is fantastic. And learning a bit more about Robert Stock and the Robert Graham story, go to robertgraham.us. That's robertgraham.us. Their clothing is fantastic. And uh, if you want to be noticed, if you're an egocentric like me, this stuff is perfect for you. You're listening to Bob Pritchard Radio Show on the Voice America Business Network, and I'll be back with you after this short break. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to Bob at BobPritchard.com. That's Bob at BobPritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, absolutely no bullshit business show. And we're coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles. Robert Stock, what a great guy and a great product. And, uh, I'll give him another plug since I um, made a mistake with the website. It's Robert Graham at, I've forgotten it, I'll tell you before the end of the show. Now, this is the segment of the show where we bring you emails from our listeners all around the world. It's incredible that despite the different cultures, all of the emails we receive are applicable and have relevance to all small business everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. And uh, my first email today comes from Colin Cowdery from Las Vegas, Nevada. Dear Bob, your show is very entertaining and I listen to it regularly. I am a regular viewer of Shark Tank and I heard your comments a year or so ago when you said it was simply entertainment and that real life investors were not at all like Mark Cuban and Kevin O'Leary. 
can a new interview a real-life average investor so that your listeners can get a clearer idea of what investors are after? But, Bob, that isn't my question. The question that I have is here in Las Vegas, the community is changing very rapidly and I need to reach out to this new multicultural environment. How do I, do I go about this? Okay, Colin, that's a pretty good question and one that businesses right across the country now and overseas too in Australia and in England, there's a huge change in, um, in the population, variety of population and their origins and their religions and pretty much everything in their customs. Um, before I answer that question, though, I've interviewed two in really serious investors. One of them's Tim Draper, who's the guy behind Skype, Hotmail, and Baidu, and I think 37 or 47 other companies. Um, he's been on the show a couple of times, and actually I am talking to him again next week. So he'll be on the show again in a couple of weeks. Um, so if you have any questions for possibly the world's biggest venture capitalist, Tim Draper, send me an email and um, I'll ask Tim when I get him on the, when I get him on the phone. He's a, um, a fantastic guy and I know that um, you'll like what you hear. The other person I've had on the show is um, Jay Turo from um, Growthink. They're down in uh, Santa Monica or Marina Del Rey probably and um, – he was on the show about 18 months ago. So if you if you go to voiceamericabusiness.com uh, or go to bobpritchard.com, my new website went up two days ago, and go to the radio page. So go to bob, bobpritchard.com, go up to the navigation tabs, go across to radio show, and that will give you the description of what's on the show and uh, the interviews for every show going back um, since 2011. Now, the uh, multicultural marketplace, it's really important to all visit all, all businesses. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, and we business owners, and I include me in that, we need to refresh our thinking and approach to the multicultural consumer. And uh, so let's just have a bit of a chat about how to go about that. Um, firstly, socialise and mobilise. So think about the two-way social opportunities and the mobile tools that are available to you and to your consumer base. For example, um, Pew Research shows that 28% of African-American internet users use Twitter versus 14% of Hispanic internet users and 12% of white internet users. So if you're looking at African-American market, then... Um, Twitter is a good way to go. Secondly, thinking multiculturally doesn't necessarily mean being multicultural. We don't need to be a particular race or ethnicity to be able to think like people of a particular race or ethnicity think. And particularly in business where, you know, it's... I was saying before, the great thing about this um, email segment is that people throughout the world, um, in all sorts of countries, I was recently in Iran and uh, I got asked exactly the same questions in Iran that I got asked in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. So um, you don't have to be a particular 
ethnicity or race. And um, and as you look to create and fine-tune your strategy and, and the message that you're trying to deliver, focus on working with individuals and agencies and vendors that understand the lifestyle and the ethos of, of your target community, even though they may not be the same ethnicity either. Thirdly, prioritise multi-ethnic thinking into your core strategy. Don't just treat it as an afterthought. So you need to empower your team to incorporate the multicultural consumer into the overall brand strategy. And then think about how the visual treatment will look when consumed through your customer's lens, that multicultural lens. You also need to ensure that the core brand essence and the symbolism was communicated correctly when translated into Spanish or whatever other language we may be looking at. Add these to your brand checklist and in turn, you'll you'll empower consumers to incorporate your brand into their lifestyle and into their own social conversations. The fourth point to consider is that multicultural has many meanings. Um, African-Americans, Hispanics, um, Chinese market, they have significant media attention and marketing dollars. But we can't forget about the social influence and buying power that other communities wield as well. You know, um, the Asian population grew faster than any other group, growing by nearly 50% over the last decade or so. So it's important to look at the total community and uh, work out what those segments are and to keep monitoring them because they do change fairly rapidly. And my last tip is to try new media platforms and marketing vehicles. You know, most consumers and corporations have now mastered websites. They've got that leaked. They've got banner ads leaked. They've got email campaigns. They know how to do all that. So we now must explore new media platforms like near-field communication and RFID technologies and mobile commerce, um, below-the-line promotional campaigns such as social influences and crowdsourcing. We've got to look at all those. Your target market is already across a lot of these things, so if you're not, you need to catch up. Colin, I hope that answers your question. Um, I'll send you a copy of Marketing Magic. It's a book I wrote a few years ago with Brian Tracy, Jay Conrad Levinson and Robert Bly and I'm sure that you'll enjoy it and I'll get that off to you tomorrow. Going back to um, Robert Graham, the um, I'm just trying to find the website. I'll look it up while I'm talking to you. So um, if you're a regular listener to the show, and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. Send in your questions. Email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. Don't forget to go to my new website. It's only just up. And uh, the Robert Graham website is robertgraham.us. Robert Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, dot U-S. You won't be disappointed. It is a fantastic website, and the clothes are great. 
Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. This is Bob Pritchard, and I hope you have a great week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.